Hello there, and welcome once again to Insight Peterborough. I'm Devin Wilkins. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind, otherwise known as the CCB. And if you'd like to know more information about the CCB, all you have to do is send an email to CCB. Peterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. If you were listening to last week's show, you will have heard me griping about the fact that the coverage of the upcoming Paralympic Games isn't going to be nearly as extensive as the coverage of the Olympics was. And as a matter of fact, you will have heard me play a promo for a podcast that I'm going to be doing during the uh, course of the games. And I still may play that at the end of the show if we have time. But since that happened, I heard a... uh, announcement, an announcement on AMI, Accessible Media Inc., about coverage that they're going to be providing. And I was fortunate enough to get hold of the gentleman who is the uh, person who uh, mentioned that on AMI, and he is Greg David, Communications specialist with AMI, and uh, he gave us his time to update us on what's going to happen. So it's getting better, folks. It is. And I really want you to listen to what Greg has to say. Well, hi, Greg, and welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, So first of all, for those who don't know, maybe I could ask you to give us a little bit of an explanation of what AMI is. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So AMI, Accessible Media Inc., we are a not-for-profit media company, and our, our, uh, our mission is to entertain, inform, and empower Canadians who are blind or partially sighted. So we are a television broadcaster, just like CBC, CTV, Global, or CTV. Um, but our, our mission and vision is to make programming specifically for the blind and partially sighted community and the disability community overall. Uh, if you have a basic cable package, uh, you already have AMI. And uh, if you visit AMI.ca, you can find out where we are broadcasting in your area. On your schedules, eh? Yeah, you can find our schedules there. You can find out more about AMI. You can also stream some of our programming there, so episodes of our shows after broadcast go up on our website. You can also find out more information about our AMI audio programming. So we have radio shows like our morning show, Now with Dave Brown. We have an afternoon drive program called Kelly & Company, and uh, you can listen to those on your computer. You can listen to them on your TV. You can also download them as podcasts. Terrific. And uh, just recently, you announced I was listening to Kelly and Company in the afternoon, 
and just recently you announced that AMI is going to be covering or at least providing some coverage of the upcoming uh, Paralympic Games, which I was very excited to hear about. Can you tell us a bit about that? Sure, absolutely. Happy to. Yeah, we're really excited about this. We uh, have partnered with CBC uh, for to bring our viewers and listeners the uh, Tokyo 2020 Paralympic Games. They're going to be on AMI-TV, also on AMI-audio, and we'll be streaming them on AMI.ca. So uh, we're going to be providing 45 hours of Paralympic coverage. Uh, we're getting that from the CBC, like I said, and it all kicks off Tuesday, August the 24th with the opening ceremony, and that's going to be live from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on AMI-TV and AMI-audio. And we're really excited about this, Devin, because uh, not only are we going to be showcasing Paralympians, but this is also going to be available with live described video. So uh, you're going to have the, uh, the sounds of the competition. You're also going to have the traditional play-by-play -play people on CBC. But you're also going to have an added voice there giving description about what's happening. What is that athlete doing? What are other athletes doing? What are people doing? It's just really painting that mental picture, uh, if you're a member of the blind or partially sighted community, so that you can really engage and understand what's going on. Uh, so that's, like I said, we're going to be kicking that off with the opening ceremony on Tuesday, August the 24th. And then weekdays um, from 3 to 5 p.m., we're going to have the Paralympic Games daytime, so daytime coverage of what's happening or what's already happened. And then every weeknight, between 7 and 8 p.m., we're going to be doing a prime time special where, again, you can catch up on what's been going on with the Paralympics during the day and what's coming up. And then on weekends, we're going to be broadcasting on Saturdays between 4 and 6 p.m., and then again from 10 p.m. until midnight. So, again, updates, uh, catching up with some of the things that are going on. Uh, so that's basically happening Saturdays and Sundays, and then uh, continuing all the way through to Sunday, September the 5th, which is going to be the closing ceremony. We'll be broadcasting that live on AMI and AMI TV and AMI audio and AMI uh, streaming at uh, from six until ten a.m. Eastern. And then again, we'll be replaying that between three and five p.m. on Sunday, September the fifth. So there's a lot of uh, just giving you a whole bunch of information. Uh, we are going to have more information on the website on AMI.ca about the schedule. But again, like I said. 45 hours of Paralympic coverage in partnership with CBC. We're really excited. Um, for me, especially, um, this will be my first Paralympics uh, working with, uh, with AMI, and I've already uh, met through some of the programming on, on AMI some of the Paralympians. So I'm already emotionally invested in some of these Paralympic athletes, and I can't wait to see them uh, compete and, and cheer them on. Yes, that sounds really Terrific. Is this the first time that AMI has covered the uh, Paralympics? No, this isn't the first time. This has been a tradition um, going back a few years where AMI and CBC partner up to, to offer the Paralympics. And uh, this is the first time that I've been directly involved with them uh, through AMI. Oh, terrific. Good. Uh, and you say that uh, people will be able to um, check in uh, with the website to, to see when the next block of coverage is? Yeah, absolutely. So if, you've, um, if, you, if you can't uh, keep track of what I just said, because like I said, I just gave you a whole bunch of information, <laughs> if you go to ami.ca in, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be putting the, uh, the broadcast schedule up on the website so you'll be able to uh, check in there. Okay. 
Now, in the afternoons, um, the weekday afternoons, that will um, or interrupt or, or preempt or whatever the uh, Kelly and Company program, will, will they have their coverage or their program uh, between 2 and 3 in the afternoon, do you know? Actually, you know what? I'm glad that you brought that up, Devin, because in all that information I just gave you, I did make a mistake. Kelly and Company will continue to be broadcast on AMI-audio between 2 and 4 p.m. Uh, the uh, Paralympic Games Daytime Edition is going to be on AMI-TV only. Uh-huh. Thank you for bringing that up. So, yeah, if you're, uh, if you're a Kelly and Company fan, uh, you don't have to worry about that. You're going to be having uh, your regular broadcast of that show. Okay. And then, um, oh, yes, in the morning of um, Tuesday, the 24th of August, uh, will that um, be on uh, AMI-TV only as well, the opening? So in that, in that case, now it's a round will be preempted um, that day on Tuesday, August the 24th, so that we can broadcast the opening ceremony live. Okay. All right. Great. Anything else I should be asking you about uh, for the details? Uh, no, I don't think so. I would just say for everybody, uh, tune in. Uh, we're really excited to be cheering on our Canadian Paralympic athletes, and, and uh, we're really thrilled uh, to be bringing it to our audience. Um, you know, we have a great relationship with CBC. We're very excited about the upcoming Paralympic Games. We know it's been a challenge for everybody, uh, you know, thanks to the pandemic that's derailed everything, but we're, uh, we're hoping to get back on track, and we think that the Paralympic Games will be getting us back on track. Yes, I I've, uh, very, uh, was very excited a couple of years ago to listen to your coverage of the uh, blind hockey tournament, and uh, you folks do a great job of covering that. Oh, thank you for saying that, yes. Uh, and actually, I'll give you a bit of a teaser. Plans are in place to, uh, to do the next blind hockey uh, championship on, uh, on AMI. Again, we were planning on doing that last March, but as you know, the, the pandemic came along and, uh, and canceled that whole tournament, unfortunately. But uh, plans are in place to, uh, to get the blind hockey uh, tournament back up and running, I think, next year, hopefully. And, uh, and if that does end up happening, AMI will be deeply involved. Okay. And I'm sure I'll be in touch uh, with you to um, get the details of that as we get closer. I'm happy to give that to you anytime. Thanks very much, Greg, for uh, chatting with us and giving those details. I know there are a lot of us that will be uh, very anxious to to hear anything that uh, you can give us. I'm always happy to, to let you know about these things. Thanks for your time, Devin. And speaking of the Paralympics, I was really fortunate to have been able to catch up with Peterborough Paralympian Cody Caldwell. Cody lives in Calgary at the moment, but he has friends and relatives here in town. And uh, he's in Vancouver when we spoke, um, and he leaves for Tokyo on the 17th. We were really lucky to catch him before he leaves. Anyway, this is uh, my chat with rugby player Cody Caldwell. Hi there, Cody, and thanks so much for agreeing to do this with us. So, uh, yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, appreciate you taking the time. Oh, yes, definitely. So let's start from the um, beginning. Are you a Peterborough native? 
Yes, uh, I grew up in Peterborough uh, my whole life. I uh, uh, yeah, grew up playing hockey and minor hockey in Peterborough and sports throughout the summer. And uh, yes, when I was uh, 19 after high school, I moved to Calgary uh, just to work. And then that's when I uh, broke my neck out there when I was 20. Other than that, I've uh, spent most of my life in Peterborough. Okay. Sounds good. So you've always been kind of a sports-minded uh, individual anyway, eh? Yeah, yeah, pretty much from a young age. I was always kind of involved in uh, in sports, uh, mostly kind of hockey and soccer for team sports. And then, uh, you know, like to do everything, golf in the summers and um, pretty much whatever we could in school. So, yeah, sports have always been a big part of my life. Okay, sounds good. So it was quite natural for you to find a sport that you could compete in after your accident, then, eh? Yeah, I would say so. Excuse me. Um, I was pretty fortunate um, when I was in the hospital after my injury. My uh, occupational therapist in uh, Calgary showed me the documentary Murder Ball, um, which is on wheelchair rugby. So. Um, it was only a couple weeks after, really, my injury that I got introduced to uh, the sport I play now. Obviously, I was only able to watch it at first, but um, so that kind of sparked my interest right away, probably quicker than um, I thought. But, uh, yeah, it was eye-opening right off the bat, so um, I got lucky that way. Well, that was terrific. I understand that, well, even by the name, Murder Ball is quite rough. Yep, yeah, thankfully... Uh, for the most part, it's full chair contact, so uh, our wheelchairs take most of the beating, but we do flip over uh, once in a while, but uh, we're strapped in, and uh, touch wood, I uh, haven't been injured yet playing it. So when you uh, tip over like that, is someone able to come out and give you a hand to get upright again? Yeah, they are. We have, uh, so you're strapped into your chair pretty good, so you don't fall out of your chairs at all, but... Um, you flip over, and then if you're kind of in danger of getting hit in the middle of the play, um, they'll stop the play right away. But if you're kind of out of the play uh, behind it, they'll wait till there's a goal or just a stoppage. And then um, they have our staff, so our training staff, usually two people come up and flip you back over, and then uh, the play will start again after that. Oh, that's great. And will this be... Um your first Paralympic Games, or have you been there before? This will be my second one. So I was uh, fortunate enough to go to Rio in 2016, so that was my first one. Um, so yeah, looking forward to the second one. And uh, the team won some medals, didn't they, when you were in Rio? Uh, in Rio, we unfortunately we finished fourth. Oh. Uh, we won some Pan Am, uh, Para Pan Am medals, so we will won gold at the Toronto uh, Pan American Games and then silver in uh, Lima in 2019. Uh, but yeah, for Rio um, in 2016, we lost. But the team um, had medals in London. They got a silver in 2012. And then 2008, they got a bronze in Beijing. So we are um, always in the mix for a medal at the Paralympics. But unfortunately, in Rio, we came one spot short. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Now, um, when you... Sorry? 
I was just going to say, yes, hopefully this year we can uh, improve on that and uh, bring back a medal with us for sure. Oh, I, yeah, I sure hope so. That'll be great. Um, now, the one thing I forgot to ask you, so now are, are you a paraplegic or a quad? I'm a quadriplegic. So I broke my uh, neck in 2008 uh, with C6 and 7 vertebrae, so it's left me pretty much paralyzed from the chest down, and then um, I still have uh, movement in my arms, and uh, my hands are kind of uh, physically impaired. Mm-hmm. So when you play rugby or wheelchair rugby or murder ball, do you have anything, any other um, piece of equipment to work with other than your chair? Um, not too much. There's, the chair is obviously the main one, and then uh, we have gloves, kind of gloves on just to protect our hands and add a bit of grip, and then uh, we're strapped in to our chairs with a few like leg straps and hip straps and everything like that, and um, and then our our ball looks more similar to a rugby style ball than um, a, a rugby ball, like an able body rugby ball would. Okay. And do you use uh, a power chair then? Nope. No, everything's a uh, manual chair. So we uh, they're specially made for rugby, so they look um, pretty heavy duty, kind of a, a, a tank of a rugby chair, but they're all pretty light and custom made. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's quite the machine. And then we obviously, because it's full chair contact, we sit pretty low to the ground, and uh, the wheels have uh, are angled with camber, so um, they're a little more stable, and you can turn quicker and, and everything like that. And so you use whatever hand movement you have to um, maneuver the chair. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, I have uh, stronger arms. Like we all get a classification system based on our our uh, function, arm function, and body function. So um, I mean, it goes 0.5 to 3.5. So 3.5 would be uh, more like amputees and higher function uh, quadriplegics, um, and 0.5 would be the lowest where they don't really have triceps. So they're the more slower players. Um, but yeah, some of us push with the backhand just because you can get a little bit more power. Um, I push with my palms kind of thing on our wheels. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, everybody has their own style and um, obviously different classes are different speeds. So it's uh, a unique sport for sure. And are there mixtures of classifications on the team? Yeah, so, so sorry, I forgot to say that. Um, you're only allowed, it's four on four, so you're only allowed um, eight points between the four players. Um, so it goes 0.5 uh, up to 3.5 and half point increments. So, um, yeah, out of the four players, like three, 3.5, um, two, like two pointers like myself, and then a 0.5. So um, it keeps it, uh, I guess you could say, fair. And then a lot more strategy goes into it, so you can't just have four really dominant players out there. Okay. And how many people are on the team? Um, you're allowed to take uh, 12 players on a roster to a tournament. Uh, so, yeah, there'd be 12 players and four can play at one time. Yeah. Um, and then our Team Canada, we have probably 
I guess there'd be around 16 like uh, players on it, and they take the top 12 to kind of the top tournaments and that kind of stuff. So there is a bit of a like a development group, and then uh, the top senior players. Terrific. Uh, when do you begin? Uh, I, I understand you're leaving on the, the 17th for Japan. And when do you begin playing? Yeah, we leave the 17th to head to Tokyo, and then our first game is the 25th of August. Uh, we play Great Britain, and then we play on the 26th of AMC USA and 27th against New Zealand. So that's our three-round robin games, and then um, hopefully we finish in the top two in our pool and advance to the semifinals, which would be the 28th, and then the medals medal day would be the 29th so hopefully uh, best case scenario we have five games in the five days that we're there oh you're only there five days uh, well uh, sorry uh, for five five games so yeah. we get to the 17th uh, opening ceremonies are the 24th and then we, we play rugby for the next five days but the Paralympics go until the September 4th I believe yeah okay and are there four teams in each pool? Yep, there's two two pools of four. So our pool is U.S., Great Britain, Canada, and New Zealand. And the other pool would be uh, Australia, Japan, France, and Denmark. Okay. Uh, so um, we'll be able to enjoy daily um, coverage of that, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, everything is uh, streamed online on uh, CBC, um, and then they uh, are upping their hours of coverage on uh, their TV station too. So hopefully, um, I'm not sure if we'll get a full game on on TV just with all the other sports going on, but definitely the highlights will be available on TV. But every game will be streamed live on um, the CBC website, and then uh, any apps too. All right. Do you know how many sports are going to be uh, um, played over there? I am not too sure on the exact number of sports that are played um, or events. I know Canada is sending 100, I think around 190 athletes over. So I want to say there's around 20 to 30 uh, events that usually take place. I feel like I should probably know that, but uh, <laughs> when it, it, comes, it comes around to the event, but I, I'm pretty, just pretty focused on rugby just because uh, it, it takes up a lot of our time. Yeah, for sure. And um, are you able to take anyone with you, or like an attendant, or does the team supply the, the attendant care? Uh, if, if you need it. Um, are you allowed to bring one? I believe I don't need an attending care. So most of our players are uh, independent that, in that situation. But I, I believe um, you are allowed to bring one, or they, they'll work it out with the team so that you have uh, what you need. Um, so yeah, I'm not exactly sure how it works, but I know they're pretty accommodating that way. Um, yeah, if you need one, you can usually uh, bring one. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. 
Is there anything, uh, any aspect that I've uh, missed um, asking you about, uh, about you know, what you're, what you're going to be undertaking? Cody, for taking time to to do this with us, and um, wish you all the best of uh, luck. top of the podium there. Oh, yeah. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much, Cody. Really appreciate that. Hi there. I'm Devin from Canada. Have you been enjoying the coverage of the Summer Olympic Games from Tokyo, Japan? And what a fight for second! Here they come, Mary! Anna Marcella Cunha takes the gold! Do you realize that the upcoming Paralympics won't be covered nearly as extensively? Not to worry, though, because once again, the global voice will come to the rescue. Beginning August 23rd and for the duration of the Paralympic Games, I'll be doing a daily podcast called Paralympic Update. I'll be featuring articles about athletes, up-to-date medal counts, and perhaps even the odd interview. You'll be able to enjoy the podcast by checking the program gallery each day or by using your favorite podcasting software to ensure that the podcast goes straight into your inbox. That's Paralympic Update. Provided for your listening pleasure by the Global Voice, radio for all. Well, seeing that we have a little bit of time left, and I can't believe that we do after three interviews, but now that I know that we do, I'm going to play excerpts of an interview for you that I did last year with a fellow named Larry Gassman from Fullerton, California. And the reason I spoke with him is that he is the coordinator 
of uh, the uh, site, and uh, he and others have organized another marathon, old-time radio marathon, which is going to take place on August 28th this year. And uh, I thought if you uh, might like to hear radio from the thrilling days of yesteryear, that you'd be interested in following this information about the marathon on August 28th. First of all, Larry, thanks very much for coming back on the uh, program with me. Thank you. Glad to be here. We'll talk about the, uh, the marathon itself in a few minutes, but I kind of wanted to find out or get you to tell us, um, especially for people who are younger than you and I are, <laughs> what old-time radio is and maybe how you got started. Radio, I don't know if it's still on, is live in Canada or not anymore? No. It's not. Okay. So you, can you still hear it in places in Canada? Um, not many. Okay. So back in the 30s and 40s, it was on everywhere. There was no television, not to speak of. No. There was, there was the formative beginnings of television in the late 40s, but radio was what we had during the 30s and 40s, and it was actually storytelling, both from a comedic view, also a dramatic view. And many, many programs were on the air. And, and that's how you got your entertainment. That's how you learned about the news. That's how you, you heard good, solid shows that really impacted you. You listened to the radio. And there were several networks uh, then just like there are today, here in America, and also in Canada as well. <laughs> and so uh, people who were alive back then, there are still a few, not many, remember it fondly because it was great and you saw everything in your eyes, not based on what the screen showed you because there was no such thing. You saw it all in your, in your memory. You conjured up the pictures. And so that's what radio was about during the 30s, 40s. And even into the 50s. And so there were things like detective shows and comedy shows and variety shows, just like there are on television today? There were, yes. Is old-time radio a hobby that uh, you can enjoy whether you have a disability or not? Oh, sure. Uh, I think the percentage of blind people enjoy the hobby are, it's pretty big, but it's not in comparison to those who overall enjoy the hobby. Uh, I think there are far more sighted people who are in the hobby than blind. And uh, a lot of collectors, hardcore collectors who collect shows, and but also a lot of people who really don't have a need to collect, they just want to listen. So there's a little bit of both. I know some people uh, take uh, shows and, and listen to them in their cars. True. But not many blind people listen in their cars. No. <laughs> no. Uh, so how did you... Sorry? Or if they do, they only listen once. Right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so how did you and your brother John get into the hobby? 
Well, we heard shows in the early 60s that were syndicated, because I think we were six or seven years old at the time. So 63, 64, we heard shows that were syndicated on, on AM radio in the Los Angeles area. And then we heard somebody, a friend who later became a friend, heard him playing shows on an FM radio station in 70, 1970, 71. And we both thought, why don't we record these? And then we can listen to them back later on. And we did, and the collection grew a little bit. And then uh, eventually organizations were founded locally, and we joined them and gathered more programs. And eventually we had friends doing radio shows, and for whatever reason they weren't able to actually do them on the air anymore. So we guest hosted for a little bit, 1977, 78. And in 1980, we got our own show, and it lasted for 20 years on a national public radio station in Pasadena, California. Uh, and then eventually, in 2010, we got back into the hobby again. We both did. And we've been doing it on the Internet ever since. Terrific. And uh, is that the same the show that you do now? Is that the same one that you did for 20 years? Yes. It was about a 10-year absence. Um, we didn't do it from the year 2000 until 2010. Uh -huh. But then we, a friend of ours was doing it for us, and then we took it back in 2010. Okay. That's the, that's the, that's the pre-recorded two-hour show. And we're also on almost every night on Yesterday USA, which is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week Internet station, and we do live shows there, and we talk to people about radio, etc. And that's all done live. And uh, is uh, Yesterday USA something that you have to pay for? No, donations are welcome, but no. Yeah. No, it's not a commercial station at all. Okay. So we do it along with our friend Walden Hughes. Uh, and uh, so there are three of us doing these shows, uh, playing the shows. And so that's the cool thing about it is if something happens and I can't do it or John can't do it, we have three people actually involved, so it's covered no matter what. And so it's on seven, seven nights a week and 24 hours a day. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Terrific. So now there's a, a marathon, an old-time radio marathon, coming up on the 22nd of August. Uh, and Radio Out of the Past is putting that on. Uh, what is Radio Out of the Past? Radio Out of the Past is actually a website. So you can go to radiooutofthepast.org. And on that website, there's, there are um, several different radio programs that you can download. There's, there are Zoom rooms where you can join us in our chat rooms, uh, usually Thursday nights. And there's an old-time radio marathon chat room where the marathon will take place. So Radio Out of the Past is operated by AccessibleWorld.org, and every Thursday we do a chat room, uh, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, and we talk about shows and people present radio shows, etc. Uh, fun to do has been going since about 2006 or so, roughly. Mm -hmm. And the marathon started in... So probably 20, 27, 20, 2008, 
we were doing a marathon locally in the late 80s through the 90s. And um, they were July 4 marathons and Christmas marathons, where we would go for six six hours at a time for the July 4 marathon, and generally 12 hours for the Christmas marathon. And Bob Acosta, who actually is the facilitator and owns radio out of the past, remember that because he used to listen locally. And he thought it would be a great idea to do something like that. Except it's not just John and myself because we were the only ones doing it locally. Now there are about six or seven, actually there are six hosts and probably another four or five others who could host. We don't have room for all the hosts. No. So we, we, we um, rotate a little bit. And each host gets two hours. Um, and they play an hour and a half's worth of material. They give away prizes. How many uh, people do you figure will be tuning in, or do you have any idea? Uh, we, people come and go. We don't know how many people eventually hear it later on on the website. But usually it's a safe bet to say that probably 20, 23, 24 people will visit it in the room during the course of the day. Yeah, that's great. So, if somebody listening to this program wanted to get involved, would would the best thing be for them to email me, and I could email the uh, uh, the news item that was just uh, released? You could. That's not a bad idea to do it that way. Sure. Uh huh. They can also look for the Zoom room information uh, by going to the radio website. Oh, okay. Yeah. They could either do do either one. Yeah. All right. And uh, that uh, the radio out of the past uh, dot org is uh, used fairly well two or three times during the week on a regular basis, isn't it? Um, it is. Uh, it, yeah, it's used a couple of times during the week. Yeah. Usually once a week. But for the marathon, when the marathon hits, it's used again. Yes. So it's the old radio marathon room. It's a specific room devoted just to the old time radio marathon. Okay. And so if they go and look at Zoom rooms, they'll find it. Oh, all right. Okay. All you right. can also email it to people if you want. That's up to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It just came out. So that would be helpful. Yeah. And my email is insight. Peterborough at gmail.com for anyone listening. Uh, do other countries do old radio, old time radio, as well as the uh, as well as the states does? Other countries, other people in other countries collect it. Yeah. Don't know how active they are in actually presenting shows. Mm -hmm. uh, the BBC still has some. And they offer some for download. But, and I know that there are collectors on uh, the BBC and also in Australia. So there are radio shows where you can actually hear them playing shows. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how many collectors there are here in Canada, but I still, uh, I have other old-time radio but I am still trying to find Canadian old-time radio shows. And uh, 
that uh, that is a feat in itself. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it is. Because the uh, CBC doesn't regularly distribute it, and that's where most of it was played. So, what time does this uh, marathon start on Saturday? It starts at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, noon Eastern uh, to noon, um, well, midnight, I should say. Correct. And uh, you say people can come and go if they have to? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's good. Is there anything else that you'd like to pass along? No, it's just a lot of fun. We enjoy it, and we enjoy getting together. We offer prizes as well. Yeah. And now with, with email, etc., we don't have to mail snail mail anything. We can email it to people. They, they have to actually be there to win a prize and answer uh, when their name is called. So we don't want to just be talking to computers. Yeah. The name is called, they win a prize, and they say, yes, I'm here. <laughs> information, and we send out a prize. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on and chatting with us, and uh, I know I plan to be there for at least part of the day. And um, uh, so we'll be talking to you then. So uh, will that work if I phone in? Yes, it will. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, thanks, Larry, for coming on with us. You're welcome. Thanks. Thank you very much. Glad to be on. And this is it for the summer season, folks. We'll be back in early September, and we'll have all sorts of exciting and informative shows for you. I'm definitely going to, in the meantime, I'm definitely going to be arranging some interviews with candidates in the upcoming federal election, and uh, September is Arthritis Awareness Month and Asthma Awareness Month, so we've got lots that we can cover And uh, we'll be back in early September. So have yourself a good rest of the summer, and we'll talk soon. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.